Chapter 19 Oh, great one, most bold of leaders, we grovel before you, though we are light years away. It is our sad duty to report that the treacherous jackanapes of the Galaxy Blaster have run away. They have seized two alien prisoners that were rightly ours and run away. Leaving us, your loyal warriors, to battle the large aliens as we search for the blue box of transforming energy. From the log of the Helmogron ship, Planet Crusher. It's like Lethal Weapon 5, Marco said. This is cool. This is the ultimate weird chase scene. Visser 3 had morphed to human and entered the limousine. We'd seen him do this before. I guess he liked limos because behind the blacked out glass, he could morph or demorph without being seen. And there might be other, crueler things he did in there. Visser 3 was not exactly kind to his underlings. The limo glided down the boulevard. Night was coming, and already the neon lights were lit. Reflections of golden arches and big yellow mufflers slid across the oily black curves of the limo. The word mobile slithered like a blue and red snake. An ambulance went wailing past. Minivans full of parents and kids kept pace with the long black car, carrying the most dangerous creature on Earth, or any planet. We saw all this clearly, because the screens were on all around the bridge. And we were flying right along, just slightly behind and beside the limo. We were maybe four feet from the back right side window. Suddenly, the Galaxy Blaster took a hard jerk left and fired. What looked to us like huge, thick beams of light lanced toward the window. But, of course, the window was a smooth, black cliff to us. The Helmocron viewscreens didn't magnify. They shrank. They diminished. So as the beams traveled... They seemed to shrink to bright, insignificant hairs. Ah! Die, Yerk! Feel our might! The Helmocrons yelled like fans at a football game whose team had just scored a home run. Or whatever it is they do in football. Again! Again! Punish the arrogant Yerk usurper! Once more, there was giddy cheering and excitement. And then, the window of the limo began to lower. A puzzled, human face looked out at us. Visser 3! We knew his human morph. It was Visser 3, unable, even in human guise, to conceal the dark evil within. But right now, he didn't look frightening so much as puzzled. I saw his huge human mouth form the word, What? And then, slowly, 
The expression turned to amazement. Helmicrons? The mouth said silently. What words is this creature speaking? The nearest Helmicron demanded of us. He said, Helmicrons? Ah, yeah! The Helmicrons crowed in thought speak, and from their nasty little insect mouths came, Yip, yip, yip! Now feel your terror grow, yerk! The Galaxy Blaster fired, point blank, at a face that could have been King Kong looking in the window of a skyscraper. Mr. Three's human hand slapped his face and came away with two little spots of blood. He stared at the blood for a few seconds, and then his eyes, seething with rage, glared at us. See the helpless quivering terror in him! You see any helpless quivering there? I whispered to Marco. No, that is one P.O.'d yerk. And that's when the chase scene turned deadly. The limo took a sudden swerve. The wall of steel and glass and the huge malevolent face all came flying toward us, irresistible as a tidal wave. The galaxy blaster reversed and pulled away, but it was a close call. I saw the bizarre sight of a human the size of the Matterhorn rising from the roof of the limo. Sunroof, Marco said. It's a human controller coming up out of the sunroof. In the controller's hand, a gun. And I hate to keep obsessing over size, but the gun he leveled at us was not like a cannon. A cannon would have been a BB gun compared to this thing. You have to understand, we were a sixteenth of an inch tall. The bullet that would have come flying from that gun was probably ten or twelve times longer than we were tall. I'm a little over four feet, so the equivalent would be a bullet like forty or fifty feet long. A forty-foot-long bullet. Flames exploded from the gun barrel. Flames like a volcanic eruption. And that bullet, the size of a Greyhound bus, came flying straight for the Galaxy Blaster. Chapter 20 The Galaxy Blaster jerked with lightning speed. The biggest bullet in the universe blew past, leaving a brief tornado in its wake. He dares to attack us! Unprovoked attack! The foul beast will curse the day he was born! Marco was looking at me. He was shaking. So was I. The limo swerved madly. The little ship swerved even more madly. We lofted up over the top of the limo. The human controller was directly beneath us, raising his gun. We fired, and the man slapped his head in annoyance. Another sperm whale-sized bullet went rocketing past. Of course, throughout all this, the Helmicrons kept up their lunatic cheering and yahooing and neep-neeping. The extravagant threats and insults flowed constantly. And then, things got bad. The ship went over to the far side of the limo. No, you idiots! Oncoming traffic! Marco screamed. 
Through the screens, I saw the horrifying sight of a car coming right for us. It was a sport utility kind of thing. Each of the bright polished bars of the grill could have been an Empire State Building. Pull up! I screamed. Up, up, up! Some of the Helmicrons shouted. Down, down, down! Others shouted. The Galaxy Blaster shot downward, but the four-wheeler was coming at us at an incredible closing speed. A bumper the length of a coastline filled the screen. And then, by a millimeter, we slipped beneath it. Wheels flashed by. Wind whipped at us. We blew out beneath the back bumper. Another car was right ahead of us, but the Helmicrons had decided the disagreement over up and down required some more correction of error. The long swords flashed. I shrank back against the curved bulkhead and hauled a horrified, fascinated Marco with me. We have to get out of here, I said. Now. I'm with you, but how? We have to morph. Morph? These guys see right through morphs. We morph wolves or whatever, they'll just shoot us. It's all about size, I said grimly. We can't get big enough to fight them, but we can get small. No, 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 he said, shaking his head. No other way. We don't even know what will happen. We have to find out. He shuddered. What, flee? I shook my head. Flee is too out of control. Besides, their senses are weak. I think fly. Very, very tiny flies. He nodded reluctantly, clearly afraid. It's not like I could blame him. We'd more flies before, but we were going to be going to a dimension neither of us could even imagine. Our baseline size was a sixteenth of an inch. If we morphed flies, we'd be smaller in proportion. And that was very small. I focused my thoughts, even as another idiotic cheer broke out from the Helmocrons. I looked at Marco. He was shrinking. So was I. I saw the spiky hair shoot from his back. I saw a middle set of legs sprout from his chest with a wet sound. His mouth twisted and began to push out, out and out, into the long, sucking, sponging mouthparts of a fly. I was still looking at him when the bulging, glittering, multifaceted fly eyes popped out of his face. Just then, the nearest Helmicrons noticed what was happening. You will cry for all eternity for this! They yelled. They closed in around us. But now, the Helmicrons were big, clumsy, slow-moving behemoths. They reached for us and missed. And still, we shrank. Chapter 21 we shrank down toward the seemingly smooth deck. But just as the dirt had become rocks and boulders the first time we shrank, the smooth metal floor was now becoming a rugged plain of weird shapes, upjutting points, and cauliflower extrusions. I was seeing it all through fly eyes. A hundred TV sets, each seeing the same scene from slightly different angles. The colors were weird. They always are when you're in Flymorph but now I was seeing things not even flies see. A huge Helmicron hand came reaching down from heaven to grab me. 
but as it neared, I shrank faster and faster. And by the time it came its closest, I wasn't looking at flesh anymore. I was seeing individual cells. Ah! I yelled in shock. Oh, man! Marco yelled. Biology class! The wall of cells seemed to be moving in slow motion. Slower and slower. As we got smaller, we got faster. Faster and stronger, relatively speaking. Just as we had when we'd become humans a sixteenth of an inch tall. The Helmicron hand moved through molasses. The cells of the finger were like irregular bricks in a wall. But these bricks were bigger than we were. A lot bigger. Some were clearer, more translucent than others in the bizarre light. Some I could see right into. They were like clear plastic trash bags stuffed with faintly pink jello. Suspended in the jello, like so much fruit cocktail, were all the cell structures. A big nucleus, only slightly darker than the protoplasm. Mitochondria. Vacuoles. So that's what a ribosome looks like, Marco said. They aren't all different colors, like in the textbooks. Who knows what color anything is, with these eyes and in this light? Slowly, the wall of cells receded, leaving us as the smallest flies anyone had ever imagined. We were flies smaller than a single skin cell. Well, they can't catch us, Marco said. But now what are we supposed to do? Get away? I said doubtfully. If we fly for a few weeks, we can probably make it two or three feet, Marco said grimly. He was right. Maybe. On the other hand, this ship can smash into a brick wall, and it probably won't hurt us. We still have a two-hour limit on this morph, and there's no way we're staying in this morph. Hey, we hitch a ride, I suggested. Grab that Helmicron finger. We fired our wings and took off. I don't know how far away the finger was in actual distance, but it seemed near enough to us. We flew at shocking speed and caught the wall of cells. My fly feet grabbed on easily enough, and then slowly the cell wall continued to rise away from the floor. But now, with the cell membrane directly beneath my feet, I noticed something very unsettling. It's like vibrating, I said. The ground, I mean the cell wall, it's vibrating. Yeah, and I don't even want to tell you why. Tell me. I think those are individual molecules we're seeing. I mean, not actually seeing, but the way it looks like on a TV screen up real close, all the tiny shifting vibrating dots, I think those are molecules. I felt sick inside. Fascinated, amazed, but sick. We're small. Oh yeah, we are seriously small. And that's not the only problem we have. The cell we're standing on is about to divide. Looking down through the buzzing surface of the cell, I could see the two nucleus beginning, oh so slowly, to pinch in two. Look, the sky! From above us, a new wall of cells was approaching very slowly. It was coming down toward us at an angle, 
but a line of darkness was moving across the landscape. I think we may be upside down now, I said, trying to make some logical sense of the direction of the light. I think... I think that surface above us is actually below us. Let's get off this finger. Why? Because human or Helmicron, you just never know where a person's gonna stick their finger next, he said. I took about three seconds to think about that. I shuddered. Thanks for that image, Marco. Let's try for that surface up there. Or down there. I fired my wings, and even this tiny, the fly could live up to its name. It flew, and it flew like a rocket. A fly is always acrobatic, but now it seemed amazingly fast as well. Maybe it was all an illusion. Who knows? Nothing made sense at this scale. But I felt like someone had tied rockets to our hairy thoraxes and lit them up. We blew through the air, heading up, down, Sideways, whatever direction it was. We flipped in midair and landed on a new surface. It was much like the finger, but we could hope it was safer in the long run. As the finger slowly pulled away, we looked around our new location. It seemed to be an endless flat plain, but towering and possibly high above us was a globe the size of a green moon. We could only guess at its extent because it stretched away in all directions. All we could tell was that the wild, rough surface, made up of extravagantly colored cells, was spherical. Eyeball, Marco said. I think we're on some Helmocron's head, and that's an eyeball. We were gazing up at this sight when the eye blazed a brilliant red. I could see the individual eye facets close in rapid response. But it was more than light. A wave of heat propelled on a hurricane came rolling across the great plains of the Helmocron's head. And across the flat head of the Helmocron came something no human eye would ever see, at least not in all its horrifying detail. I think we both knew right away what it was, but your mind doesn't want to believe what it's seeing. The flash had been the light of a dracon beam. Light is light, of course, and is equally fast whatever size you are. But as the wave of energy spreads through the body hit by a dracon beam, the physiological reaction of cells blowing apart happens more slowly. Axe explained to us once that this was a unique Yurk technology. The Andalite Shredder, whose technology the Yurks used in developing the dracon beam, kills instantly, painlessly. The dracon beam is specifically modified to destroy more slowly. The Yurks want their enemies to feel the agony of cells exploding. And now, standing there on cells whose molecules vibrated beneath our fly feet, we saw the line of destruction advance. Cells erupted, exploding like mini geysers, swelling with steam, blowing nuclei in mitochondria, and flaming cytoplasm like shrapnel. Move! Marco bellowed, breaking me out of my horrified trance. I fired the fly's wings and rose off the skin just as the line of explosion rolled beneath us. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Uh, thank you all for listening yet another week. I do not have any, uh, 
announcements back here in the back end other than the standard stuff. Um, I guess we're getting pretty close to the end. We just broke, what, into the 20s and the chapter-wise? So I don't think we have too much more left. Uh, we're definitely getting there. But uh, let's let's get through these end show notes and uh, move on. So thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach out to me about the podcast or anything, really, I guess it doesn't have to be podcast-related. Uh, you can do that through a variety of ways. You can do that through Gmail. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. You can do it on Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And, of course, you can do it through my website. That's theapodcalypse.com. The Apodcalypse, like Apocalypse, but with the D in the middle. You can also reach me on Twitter. That's at audiomorphs. And that is also where you should check if I'm ever late uploading. I will make an announcement about what's going on over there. Lastly, if you use Apple Podcasts and would like to leave me a rating and or review, I sure would appreciate that. And um, thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your week, I guess. That's all I got, so I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. Yeah.